Life Audio. Welcome to Christian Natural Health with naturopathic Dr. Lauren DeVille. Christian Natural Health is the podcast on how to get and stay healthy God's way. You'll hear topics on nutrition, exercise, sleep, avoiding toxicity, meditating on scripture, what supplements to take, stress management, defeating anxiety and worry, how to reconcile Eastern medicine approaches with Christianity, and a whole lot more. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lauren. Welcome back to another episode of Christian Natural Health. Today, I am excited to have Dr. John Tate with us. Dr. Tate is the founder of Origin Orthopedics and Optimal Health, a medical practice that applies the principles of functional and regenerative medicine with the goal of helping patients lengthen the lifespan of their joints, while simultaneously improving their total health and quality of life. Origin is the only orthopedic clinic in the region exclusively focused on non-surgical solutions. Dr. Tate has authored three books and has created two courses on his integrative regenerative approach to orthopedic care and optimal health. He gives more than a dozen talks per year on his unique approach to optimizing one's human potential. Welcome, Dr. Tate. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, For sure. So, all right, you have this interesting story that changed your perspective from pain management to actually trying to do regenerative medicine. So tell us about that. How'd that happen? Yeah, well, I'll condense this to the the shorter version. So as I approached my first year of medical school, I I was an avid hockey player and uh, I did a lot of heavy uh, landscaping work that my patient or patients, my parents told me was good for me. Uh-huh. And uh, lo and behold, I herniated a disc in my back just before I was to enter medical school. Oh, wow. And so I kind of suffered through the typical treatments and uh, wasn't getting better. And my spring break of my first year, I had surgery on my back. Um, Yikes. Did great. A couple of years later, re-injured the same disc. Went through the same rigmarole, second surgery. Right. Oh. Okay. So fast forward now to 2012. Mm-hmm. Um I was set out to do, I love hiking, I love being in the mountains, and we set up to do a uh, charity hike, mm-hmm. raising money for children's cancer research. Yeah. Uh, and so we begged, borrowed, and uh, didn't steal any money from our friends to raise a bunch <laughs> of money. We had about 30, 30 of us out on this hike down in Patagonia area here near Tucson. Mm-hmm. And I woke up that morning and had numbness and tingling in my leg again, right. as I kind of knew from before. And being the stubborn athlete I was, I decided I'm just going to do this hike anyways. Now, this hike was 26 miles. It was a marathon distance hike. And um, to make it even better story, we missed our last turn. So we we ended up adding four miles to the end of the hike to get picked up and brought back into town. So what I did and what I learned being a stubborn athlete um, really pivoted my, my entire practice and career at that point, because I was being told I needed another surgery potentially. And I knew enough at this point, I'd gone through all my training, 15 years of school and training and fellowships and everything else. And I landed back in my practice and I was talking to my partner who has given me the meds and given me the cortisone shots and given me these things and given me the, the the grim look of where this goes. And, and I said, you know, I, I don't know if it has to go there. And I know I got time and I know more now. So then I started just seeking kind of a different path, which led me into functional and regenerative medicine and and all this stuff now that I apply in my practice is, it's it's basically a self-serving practice for me. It's it's all the things I learned 
right. to get myself out of that really sticky situation. And uh, knock on wood, I just had my uh, 11-year anniversary of that injury this week. Congrats. And, I mean, I'm still, you're all better. <laughs> yeah, and still, yeah. Uh, still haven't needed that surgery people told me I was going to need. Fantastic. Yep. That's really inspiring. So, okay. So then now you created this practice to help other people with all the things that you've learned. So can you give us like, you kind of gave us a rough idea, but what's regenerative medicine, what's integrative orthopedics, give us definitions and stuff. Yeah. So regenerative medicine is, is simply the process of rebalancing the body's innate ability to repair itself. You know, we are, we are gifted this amazing system of systems Mm-hmm. our body and and its default mechanism is actually to repair mm-hmm. cell by cell brick by brick inside our body that is the default setting now most of us that are fortunate to live into our middle or later years think the default setting shifts to degeneration and how we feel yeah right but it's however the default is regeneration a million cells a second as we're talking right now yeah die off Okay, but a million cells are then replaced, more or less. Uh-huh. And if that balance starts to shift a little bit uh-huh. over time, and we can't really repair as many cells effectively as we're losing, then what happens is we age. Mm-hmm. And we age all of our tissues in our body at a different rate. Mm-hmm. Regenerative medicine is simply applying a method to help your body rebalance that teeter-totter, right? Mm-hmm. So... Let's take your joints, for instance, because a lot of people think the cartilage in your joint, the cap on the end of our bones mm-hmm. is like rubber on a tire. So people are told, oh, it's wear and tear arthritis. Sure. But your musculoskeletal system turns over every cell that comprises that cartilage tissue every five to seven years. Oh, wow. Yeah. But if we're aging and the balance is already tipped this way and we're putting a lot of demand like some of my you know, older active athletes in my practice like to do with probably training more than professional athletes, then this balance shifts even more. So what we're doing with regenerative medicine is leveraging the physiology of your body to help rebalance it, push it back the other way so that you can continue to age out more level instead of feeling like you're Mm -hmm. aging down the slope. That's awesome. So given some of the nitty gritty, what are some of the specifics, uh, like approaches that you use? I know a couple of them, but you, you tell me you guide that conversation and then I'll ask more questions as we go. Yeah. Well, very much as you think with patients, it's like, what are the core principles, the core physiology in the body that needs to be rebalanced so that the body isn't in in this chaotic state, Mm -hmm. but it's in a healing state, Right. right? It's in this reparative state. So you do this very well in your practice with all your patients. We walk people into this, if that's kind of not like natural to them to know like, Hey, uh, I tell people that the the least expensive regenerative medicine tool I can give you and everybody listening today Mm -hmm. is the gift of sleep. Right. So good call. Yeah. So if you get good regenerative restorative sleep every night, Mm -hmm. that's when your body goes to work. I tell people it's like the crews that have been working years. It seems like out in front of my office, repairing the roads here, but -hmm. there's more crews active at night. Because mm-hmm. there's less traffic, there's less chaos, and they can put more attention on what needs to be repaired. Right. Your body's the same way. Interesting. So, you know, if we get if we get your sleep right and we get the right kind of stress in your life, not too much of the wrong stress in your life, right? right? When I mean stress, it's like moving your body, stressing these tissues, 
giving them the nudge they need in the signals to get stronger and repair. And we get your physiology, right? With the right nutrition, Mm -hmm. right? Then we can move into some really cutting edge type of treatments where we can apply this whole principle really by taking cells from you Mm -hmm. out of your own body. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I can take them out of your bloodstream. Mm -hmm. I can take them out of your fat tissue. Mm -hmm. I can take them out of your bone marrow. Mm -hmm. These are three banks of cells that we can withdraw from literally Uh and then deposit them back into your body where maybe that cartilage is failing. Maybe it is going down that hill and we can slow that process down. Gotcha. Okay. So it sounds like you're referring to PRP, the platelet rich plasma, right? For the blood component. And then also stem cell therapy sounds like you're talking about. Can you tease those apart for us? Tell us what they are and what? Yeah. So if we go back to like, the evolution of regenerative medicine, right? Like back in the 1950s, a couple of smart docs figured out that you could actually take dextrose, which is sugar, okay? And you could combine it with lidocaine, which is an anesthetic. Mm -hmm. And you could go into an injured tissue, needle it, and inject a solution around that. Mm -hmm. Now, we know what sugar does in our body when we consume too much of it. What happens? Mm -hmm. Well, all kinds of stuff. (laughs) Your body goes downhill for sure. But we create this inflammatory kind of response. Now, if we pull, apply this really precisely, uh-huh. so say you have an injured elbow, tendon attaching to your elbow, the infamous tennis elbow, mm-hmm. and we apply that right to that target with mm-hmm. a precise dose of this, and we stimulate right where that tissue needs to heal, mm-hmm. we incite inflammation. Mm-hmm. And that's the first step your body actually needs to heal. And most people don't know this, uh-huh. right? They think inflammation is bad. They've been programmed through commercials and advertisements and magazines that you just take the leave, take a couple and keep going, right? right? Inflammation's bad, but inflammation is necessary and good in the early stage Mm -hmm. because it steps your body to the next step where it can now attract the right cells in, the right nutrition in, and it can start this reparative process that starts to walk up the steps, right? Towards strengthening the tissue, remodeling that tissue, making it more resilient, Yep. And, and now we have to give it the time, and the space to actually heal. That's what a lot of my really active people don't want to do. So they don't, they <laughs> right. don't really back out of the activity. They want to just keep going, but that tissue needs time and space to heal. Okay. So that was what they discovered in the 1950s. Wow. That I didn't know that old. Yes. Cool. So they were using that treatment for a long, long, long time. And then in the 1990s, mm-hmm. what, uh, other physicians and, and really dentistry, they were using an oral maxillofacial surgery. People had, you know, bad issues inside the mouth. They had big ulcers and things that were really hard to heal. They started applying what we call PRP, which stands for platelet-rich plasma. Mm-hmm. So now if we were to extract one's blood, we get three types of cells suspended in plasma, which is the liquid part of the blood. We get red cells, we get white cells, and we get platelets. Mm -hmm. Now, platelets are just stock full of growth factors. And we've all seen this in action. If we've cut our hand, it bleeds. If it's not too deep, it stops. And then the body starts to signal those same steps Uh to attract cells in, repair Mm -hmm. the tissue. And over time, you can't even see where you cut yourself. Mm -hmm. So now... Then they borrowed that concept and applied it to orthopedics and said, hey, what if we just kind of ratchet up the intensity here of prolotherapy and we use actually platelet therapy? Right. Again, inject it right into the site. But now we're using live growth factors from you. As opposed to trying to recruit your own, which is what you're That's right. Below. I see. Okay. Yeah. So prolo is a, it's kind of like 
shooting up a flare gun and, and asking your body to come to the area, right? right. Uh-huh. Platelet therapy is like, we're just going to deliver the whole search and rescue crew right to the site. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. All right. So one step more aggressive. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and, then, and then as things evolve, platelet therapy went through all these iterations. And now we talk about, you know, the different concentrations of these platelets and do we want it, you know, with a few white cells left behind or no white cells. So we can, we have a machine that's very, uh, well, it's, <laughs> it has a lot of uh, computer assisting technology there to actually formulate these, these cocktails of cells that we really want. Because okay. in the old day, we would just spin it in a centrifuge and then we try to like pipette off the cells. I thought that's and, what you did. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And now what we're doing, it goes into a, to a system. I use an FDA approved device for this that separates these cells and can concentrate them at the concentrations I want for the type of tissue I'm treating. Okay. Wow. So we, so we may want higher concentrations of platelets. We may want actually a few white cells in there sometimes, sometimes not. Right. Um, and so now just the precision of all this has advanced quite a bit from my training. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were doing this 11 years ago to now what we're doing, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. So then if we finish the evolution, then it went to stem cells, right? Okay. So stem cells now are the most powerful cell in your body. They are literally the source code that brought you into existence, right? And okay. then we have these banks of cells that were left in our body, in our bone marrow, in our fat tissue, some of them dormant in our bloodstream that are circulating right now through us. And they're waiting for their opportunity to step up when they need to, to help repair your body. So stem cells literally go out and seek out injured tissue and heal it Mm -hmm. by releasing very powerful growth factors and stimulating your body's own ability to repair. You know, that reparative process that we were talking about that does, does the thing naturally the thing that is pushing that to happen mm-hmm. in large part are stem cells. Gotcha. So now we can extract those from you uh-huh. and we can apply those. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so when would you choose one over the other? It sounds like the stem cells are the best and the prolo is the least accurate. Is that, am I understanding that correctly? More yeah. So yeah, we, we can think about it that way in magnitudes of power. Okay. Uh, so I, I tell people, I go to this car wash up the road from my office sometimes, you know, and they got the, the best, the better, and the good wash, right? (laughs) So, so and I think about it like we have those three banks of cells if we're thinking about in in one's body. Mm -hmm. Prolotherapy is kind of a weak tool that we still use, and I do apply it in my practice for certain things, and it attracts those cells. But now if we go to, we got three banks of cells, we can decide which ones we use. If we stack three banks Mm -hmm. of cells, we're probably going to get a more powerful response than two or one. Okay. Okay. And then we go to the tissue type we're treating. So in my example before, if I'm treating a tendon or a ligament injury that somebody has a, you know, in a chronic Achilles tendon injury or this tennis elbow situation or a, you know, on the attached their kneecap, a patellar tendon issue, mm-hmm. or maybe a partial rotator cuff tear in their shoulder. Okay. okay. These are tendon, what we call soft tissues. Mm-hmm. A lot of times platelets can do a very good job healing those things mm-hmm. with one caveat. They can't be completely torn. Yeah, sure. <laughs> they got something to work with. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have some structure, some scaffolding there for these, these cells to go in and do their thing and help strengthen that, that injured tissue. Gotcha. Stem cells, we often think about now using if it's a hard tissue or a harder problem to solve, mm-hmm. that would be like the cartilage on the end of your bones, maybe a meniscus tissue in your knee, maybe a labral tissue in your hip. 
these are more challenging tissues to heal because of their blood supply and other factors. Mm -hmm. So it's often where we need to incorporate some type of stem cell with Mm -hmm. that. And we stack those and the platelets together. I see. Okay. And I'm assuming that there's a price differential most likely as well, right? Yeah. As you, as you climb that ladder of treatment, just like the car wash, you know, the price does go up. (laughs) Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. So um, why would stem cell treatments not work for everyone? Is it mostly because of the tissue doesn't have anything to build upon, essentially? Is that the main reason? Sure. So, you know, I look at three factors. One, the severity of the injury. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, I just had, um, you know, somebody um, jump in and push a form through to me about asking about a rotator cuff tear. So they got on my website, said, hey, can you help me with this? I saw two docs. They said I need surgery. I had surgery a while ago. I retore this thing they repaired. Uh-huh. So it's going to come down to, again, simply, is it torn like this completely? Right. Did mm-hmm. they partially tear this tendon where there's still fibers there that we can work with? Sure. Or like a lot of people, um, as they age these tissues, it's almost like a fraying of a, you, you think about a new cord rope and then an old used frayed out rope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are better scenarios, either the frayed rope or the partial tear versus a complete tear, Makes sense. you know, to, to be able to heal in there. Right. So the severity of the injury matters, right? The age of the patient matters because the viability and strength of our cells is dictated a lot by our age, but Mm -hmm. it's not just the chronological age. It's what's your biological age. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you probably work on this with your patients and say, Hey, you, you may be 55, but biologically now we can test people. And we can see that you may only be 45, 35. Yeah. Are you doing telomere testing? Is that how you're figuring that out? Right. So some of these tests like True Diagnostics or, you know, Elysium, I was looking at this company that's got a new test that looks at at these biological scores of different systems in the body. Yeah. So, you know, we can be chronologically 46, like I am, uh, but... Uh, I usually tell people 66, you know, and then they're like, wow. <laughs> I'll give you a lot more advertising. Yeah. They're like, you look good for 66. <laughs> but, but your biological age and how these cells still have the energy to do their thing can be way younger than you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So I don't subscribe to the ageism of like, well, we get old and we can't repair. Now, it's true that those systems aren't as vigorous as they used to be. Sure. When I look at how my four and a half year old son heals them a cut or a bruise compared to me. Mm-hmm. There's no question he feels that thing faster. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we can still use those cells. They are still quite viable all the way out to a pretty old age. Mm-hmm. But the real factor I see in, in these having success or not mm-hmm. is the stuff that you do so well in your practice. It's building the foundational health. Mm-hmm. So there's not this like raging chaos in the body. Yeah, exactly. Because it, I tell people, if that's what's going on, we need to get them to somebody like you <laughs> so that we can recalibrate and rebalance all these systems, mm-hmm. you know, from your nutritional system to digestion, to your immune system, to hormones, whatever it is, we want that system like really, nice. you know, in a nice balanced state, in a healing state where now it's prepared to receive that treatment and do really well. Because sure. otherwise I tell people this is going to work. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like taking these these really great cells yeah. and throwing them into kind of a wood chipper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it means a lot of them are going to get ground up really fast. Yeah. Some of them will probably survive. Right. But we also want longevity in this treatment. Right. You know, I want to get the patient better and get that initial result they want, but I want it to last. Mm-hmm. Yep. So really, this is where the, you know, kind of the foundational, like integrative, um, 
you know, take that you do. And I think about with patients of like, got to get the rest of their body, like really in a good state of health so that we can really give it this powerful nudge with the treatment. So that it can take it and run with it. Yep. Yeah. So for preserving one's internal bank of stem cells, is that mostly just regenerative medicine doing all the foundational building blocks or are there some specifics that people should know? Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's interesting because what we know, stem cells have a certain lifespan. They can recycle themselves and kind of like produce a new stem cell and go through these iterations, so many cell cycles, and then eventually the cell itself will die off. Um, so it's the collective inputs over one's lifetime, right? Mm-hmm. What we call the epigenetic inputs, right? We, a lot of people, you know, subscribe to the genetic code philosophy of like, well, I was, I was given this set of genetics and that's your destiny. You know, <laughs> that's my destiny and everybody in the family got this and you know i'll probably just get it in time and and now what you and i know and what science shows us now is it's maybe as little as 10 percent 20 percent maybe but the, i'm reading a book right now where they say it's really probably closer to 10 percent which yeah. which means 90 percent of how our genetics express themselves into diseases over time or how our body utilizes these stem cells faster or slower uh-huh. Right. And because, again, if it's trying to repair a lot of chaos in your body all the time, right. it's utilizing those stem cells quicker. Mm-hmm. Yep. Maybe. If we've kept things pretty chill for most of our health, <laughs> our life and our health, yep. we're going to have bigger reserves of those stem cells the later we get into our years. That makes sense. What's the book you're reading right now? I'm curious. Oh, it's it's uh, Mark Hyman's latest book, uh, Young Forever. Yeah. OK, excellent. Yeah. Very cool. So, yeah, so he's he's kind of referencing a, a lot of things in this book, but again, it's it's applying all these principles that um, you know he touches on a little bit of what I do, a lot of what you do, and naturopathic medicine, functional integrative uh, kind of approach to this. Uh, you know, network systems medicine is what we call it now. How do we look at all these systems in the body and how they're all networked together? Mm-hmm, and it's yeah. just like a a network. If you have a you know Wi-Fi in your house, right? There's all these things running on the network, but how are they all running on the network in harmony? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's not piecemeal. Like a lot of traditional medicine tries to do to separate your body into one segment and another. They're all very interconnected for sure. Right. And the core of this, like when we look at the the, the root cause of most disease patterns, whether it's arthritis, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's, you know, thyroid dysfunction, you know, metabolic, you know, blood sugar regulation, the, when, when those disease processes are in motion, there is this inflammatory component to it all. Mm-hmm. And if we look to really get to that root cause and work on that, mm-hmm. we kind of don't have to work on all the individual diseases. You know this in your practice. Absolutely. You know, you, you get, you get the, the core systems of the body back online and functioning yeah. in harmony and, and disease kind of disappears. Exactly, exactly. I remember when I first started naturopathic school, I thought that I was going in for essentially green allopathy, which is where you give an herb that will treat a symptom, but it'll have fewer side effects than the drug. And then I had this intensive at the very beginning that gave this fabulous analogy, which was if you have a swamp where there's tons of mosquitoes there, there's two ways you can make them leave. You can try to kill them individually, every single mosquito, or you can drain and aerate the swamp and the mosquitoes will leave. And I thought, oh my goodness, I just found the Holy Grail. Everybody needs to know this. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. You're right. So you don't have to always go after each individual thing. If you make the person healthy, then yes. vanish. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a challenge. I think the way conventional medicine has it operating and how it trains 
mm-hmm. conventionally trained physicians to think about it as, right. hey, there's this narrow focus of specialty that you live in, and this is somebody else's job, and that's somebody else's job. Right, yeah. So it's challenging because when I fix one's knee in my practice by applying these principles or their shoulder, yeah. uh, then they're like, naturally, can you fix all these other things with me? And I say, well, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not trained to do so, but I'm not practicing medicine either. Yes, we can coach you more deeply in these principles. That can start to probably have a dramatic impact on these other things if you're carrying, you know, early or full-blown disease patterns that you're on meds for and you would really like to get away from that in time. It's just now being more intentional, more intensive, and more consistent about those practices to restore the balance of your health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, speaking of books, tell us about yours, which ones and what are they, what are they about? Well, so I've, I've done a few different ones over the years. So I've done some real short form content books because unlike the shelves I have surrounding me, because I just love having books around me as I look around my office, mm-hmm. um, some people just like shorter, like kind of nuggets of information. So like the, the most recent one I wrote was really three reasons uh, doctors never get surgery. <laughs> Fascinating. That's an intriguing title. Yeah. And, and it's really talking about a lot of what I just shared, because a lot of people have, you know, this like, oh, my God, I'm like, this is probably going this direction. And I just think the only way this this ends up is surgery. And and that's a reason that's almost always false 70 percent of the time or more right. when people walk in. I say, no, this can be solved without surgery. Mm-hmm. There is a time and a place for it. Sure. But I go through some of these reasons that People just haven't gotten to a different source of information or a different practitioner trained differently with different uh, tools and treatments to offer them that it may not land in surgery always. Um, So that was the most recent one I had fun doing. And then I've written some other ones like, um, you know, five uh, exercises, you know, never to do if you want to keep your knees beyond 50. Um, (laughs) Nice. And uh, the longer form ones that I've done really are, are more like I did an intensive kind of consumer guide to this area of regenerative medicine or stem cell therapy. So when people are out looking and trying to determine, you know, if you're in Tucson, great, come see me. If you're not in Tucson, great, come see me. But sure. <laughs> um, if you're looking to say, hey, you know, my friend, I heard about this. I'm exploring it in my area. I want to know, is somebody really trained up? in the latest to apply these regenerative medicine treatments Mm -hmm. with a high level of skill and expertise. Mm -hmm. There's some things you really need to look for in those practices, the training of the individual doing it. And so we kind of did like a consumer guide because this was, this was a little bit more problematic a few years back because this whole area really exploded uh, with stem cell therapies being offered in a lot of different types of settings Mm -hmm. by a lot of people that were really underskilled or underqualified to be providing it. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's a big part now in why the government is very aggressively regulating this space oh, so that. Yeah. So they um, they they put out a lot of regulatory policy and, and we're fully compliant with the FDA and what we do in my office. And some offices weren't. They were selling people snake oil mm-hmm. and, you know, they weren't high ethics type of practices. Right. And so we, we needed to write a guide at that time to say, look, you need to be looking for these things. Don't, don't get into a practice where they don't do these things because you're probably not going to be well taken care of. Sure, yeah. um, and the longest form book I wrote, because I, I'm, I'm right now outlining my new, uh, I guess, updated new book. I don't know when it's going to finish, but 
the first one I wrote was while I was cover- recovering from my injury in 2012. Mm-hmm. And as I started to learn things that were just natural to you and your training, but weren't naturally trained into us and my type of training, even though I'm a DO, I'm a doctor of osteopathic medicine. Yeah. And we had much more holistic thinking mm-hmm. uh, in how we were trained to work with patients and these systems of the body. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the same. And so, and we got very, very little education in nutrition. Maybe a couple hours of our entire medical school was teaching us how nutrition actually impacts the body. It's crazy. Wow. Which is everything to how the body actually thrives, right? Sure, yeah, it's just nuts. <laughs> so, so as I was learning this stuff coming out of my injury for the better part of that year in 2012, mm-hmm. I was scouring articles and books and learning about functional medicine and nutritional you know, medicine is what it was. What are these things I could be taking, ingesting, modifying what I eat to lower inflammation, to stimulate Mm -hmm. more healing, to get my body, the fundamental building blocks that needed to heal. So that, that was really my first long form. (laughs) I wrote it, I wrote it to be about a 20 page guide at the start Uh that I could give patients in my old pain practice I was working in to say, Hey, you should really try some of this stuff. It's really working for me. It could help you not take your Motrin or leave or these other pain meds. Exactly. You know, and, and I was just in the wrong environment where unfortunately a lot of patients didn't yeah. want to do that work. Yeah. Yeah. You have to people with the buy-in who are willing to go. Yeah. That so mm-hmm. it, as I continued to learn, I continued to wrote, write and it became, you know, like 200 pages in time. So I, mm-hmm. I kind of self-published it, but it's, it's a 200 page book it's called the pain-free diet. Uh-huh. And it's really talking about these principles of how does your body work and repair? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the things we're doing maybe multiple times a day, eating, ingesting things that in our chemistry, genetics, microbiome, and all the other ohms of the body, mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't sit well with your chemistry. So it's disrupting this balance. And and some people just don't know it. They think they're eating something really healthy for them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like they're, you know, guzzling, you know, Mountain Dew and Twizzlers, sure. but there's something in the chemistry of that food that doesn't really integrate with their chemistry and it creates this inflammation. Right, right. So that was really the the aim I set out to to share with people in that book is, you know, what are some of these things that at, at a very learnable level that you don't need deep level testing to mm-hmm. figure out, but you start to do some experiments with certain food groups and just see how your body feels and performs when maybe you're taking that out for a period of time or subbing it back in and then how do you feel? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And then your courses, are these aimed at patients or are they aimed at medical professionals or either one? Uh, patients, you know, most, most of my stuff, really my, my, you know, when somebody point blank me, they said, what do you, what do you aim to do with your practice? It's, it's really, it's really easy. I aim to like end human suffering, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so afternoon, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Just easy. It's what I do. Uh, uh but that's really what it is. So a lot of my stuff is aimed at, at the consumer, the patient, the client, yeah. somebody that says, man, I would like, I would like some, you know, intro to this stuff and things that I can easily apply that mm-hmm. can really help me reduce pain in my body that can help me start to turn the wheels on some of these functional, you know, principles of how the body is going to just perform better. Mm-hmm. And um, so the, the one course that I like the best, because it's kind of our entry level course, it just gets so many light bulb moments for people. It's just called the path. And, you know, we walk people down this path over four weeks of learning these things. And it's, it's really, you know, video content from me teaching and some easy, like one pagers that people can say, okay, here's the exercise and apply this. Here's how we really recalibrate our sleep, apply that. 
gotcha. here's how we think about hydration and just, you know, it's, it's the simple principles that always come through. If we get these simple principles in place, and we do them consistently, like really good things happen in the body. Difference, yeah. You know, there's some really cool technology in longevity medicine and all this stuff, but we don't even have to be doing that stuff. Let's do the basics. Yeah. Get the basics in and a lot of good things can happen for people. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I have a much deeper level uh, course I did called the climb mm-hmm. where now it's kind of like really climbing here. Now we're getting into some heavy duty stuff. Gotcha. So um, yeah. So those are, they're definitely directed towards uh, um, clients and patients. And so when patients are in my practice, we just, yeah, we give them a kind of an access key to jump into those courses too, if they want to. Yeah. Awesome. So is there anything that I have not asked you that you want to make sure you leave with our audience? Well, I, th- I think the biggest thing for people to know is that one, physicians aren't all knowing. True. Yep. <laughs> right? As many books as I'm surrounded by and as many things as I've read and as many years as I've been in this, which is now 23 since I started my, my true medical training in the year 2000. Mm-hmm there's still a lot to be learned. And the more we study and the more we learn, the more there is to learn. So, you know, it's a constantly evolving process where if we're applying what we did in 2010, still we're kind of behind probably in what, what we now know that we should be doing, how we can just continue to refine and tinker with it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean add more things to what you're doing. It just means refine it. Yeah. I actually try to take people the other direction in my practice. Yes. How do we get you on the fewest number of supplements? I agree. How do, sure. how do we, you know, just continue to do you better work getting better food quality mm-hmm. or better movement quality in the movement? So it's kind of quality or the quantity. Mm-hmm. And, and I think for anybody listening, it's like, you just gotta, like, if your gut intuition is like, there's another way, as right. I was thinking when I was injured in 2012, there's another way there's gotta be. And then you just start seeking the answers, right? Mm -hmm. You start asking more questions because there's a lot of physicians I interact with that have no idea this stuff exists, even though we've been doing some form of it since the 1950s. (laughs) Oh, that's crazy. It's amazing how much we we don't all talk to each other. (laughs) Right. Right. And, and, but if you were to say this to a friend, that's not knowing, if somebody listening to this, then as they're listening, they park their car to meet their friend for lunch mm-hmm. and they go and say, Hey, I, I listened to this really interesting doc with Dr. DeVille and he takes blood out of your body and shoots it into your knee and it helps you heal. They'd be like, you're insane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. If you don't know about it. Then it's just going to sound crazy, but sure. But, but when we distill it down to what it is like, no, it's not insane. This is actually how your body self repairs. Exactly. We're just taking you to help you, which I think is the coolest thing about what I do. Exactly. So, so I think for people out there, that's, that's the biggest thing is, is keep, keep asking the questions because there's going to be a lot of people that are quick to dismiss things that they're not familiar with. And, you know, I think it was a testament to my training that we were trained to be very Mm open-minded, but also to know where our limits are, know what we know and know what we don't know and know when we have to phone a friend like you to say, Hey, I need you to work with one of my clients. Right. I need you to go really deep with this person here. And I know that's not my expertise. So, you know, I don't have an ego about what I do. It's like, Hey, if I feel like I'm pretty expert in this area, I'm going to let you know, I'm going to take you as far as we can take you. And I'm going to try to build the team for you that you need to really be successful at the other parts. Yeah. That's what we need for sure. Yeah. So where can people go to find out more about you? 
Easiest place is to jump on our website, which is Origin Ortho. So we spell it differently, O-R-I-G-E-N Ortho, O-R-T-H-O.com. And that's the easiest place to find us. We're on some of the social platforms under Dr. John Tate, J-O-H-N-T-A-I-T. Um, I'm not as active there as I probably need to be. Uh, so the easiest way for people to just learn about us, uh, some of our books that I reference. I think we have a couple of them up on our website that people can, you know, click in and download if they want to get some information there. We got a great team. If you opt into a forum and say, I'm just curious, uh, can this help the situation I'm dealing with? I have a great team that will get on a complimentary call and just talk to you, right? And just say, hey, is this something that we do well in our practice? And if not, I have colleagues locally, regionally, nationally that do different versions of this for different things um, that that I don't do. And we can point you to those people that we think are really best in class. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Tate. This has been fantastic, really informative. Yeah, well, I enjoyed it. It's a good way to start my Friday. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Are you looking for a holistically minded healthcare practitioner who truly treats root cause rather than symptom suppression? Unfortunately, even in the alternative healing professions, this isn't a given. That's why I've created WholeHealthDoctor.com, a resource to help connect patients to healthcare practitioners in their area who share a root cause philosophy. Alternatively, most of the practitioners listed also practice telehealth. So if there isn't anyone local to you, you can still find a great practitioner to help you regain optimal health. Go to WholeHealthDoctor.com. That's Whole healthdr.com, type in your location or adjust the specialty that you're looking for and find the practitioner who's right for you. Thanks for listening to Christian Natural Health. This show is run by you, so please write in with topic and guest suggestions for future shows. For more great content, subscribe to Dr. Lauren's blog at www.drlaurendeville.com or follow her on Facebook or Twitter at Dr. Lauren DeVille. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to share it with your friends and give us a five-star rating in iTunes. It really helps us to stand out so other people can discover great content as well. Have a great week and God bless you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God looks at your heart, not your gene size. 
Do you know the verses yet still stress over your body? Oh, I get it. I was raised in church, but I struggled with food, eating disorders, and my body for decades. I'm Heather Creekmore, host of the Compared To podcast, where we talk about all things body image and comparison from a biblical perspective. We get real about the pressure to focus on appearance in a culture where looks seem to matter most. Whether you're wrestling wrinkles or battling the scale, Compared To Who is the show for you. You'll laugh a little and be encouraged a lot. If you're ready to stop comparing and start living, visit lifeaudio.com to listen and subscribe.